You are listening to The Benchcast With your hosts Elvis Mendez And Coach Ben And uh, he's sipping on What are you sipping on today? I got some green tea Sipping on a little green tea for the working man He's got some of this La Croix here Peanut Frace Peanut Frace La Croix Pineapple, Pineapple strawberry. strawberry. He's been getting into some fancy bullshit lately. He's also drinking a lot of mushroom coffee and whatever the hell that is. See, someone told me that Lacroix tastes like if someone left a strawberry out next to a pail of water, and I think that's very accurate. A strawberry out near a pail of water. Yeah. What's that mean? You get like that hint, like it was around oh, the strawberry at one point in time. It tastes more like water, but it oh, has it. All right, so it's more of that spa drinks. Exactly. What's up with the mushroom coffee? Tell us what the hell's going on with the mushroom well, coffee. Well, the mushroom coffee. Why are you drinking that? Is that for, for mental health or what? Well, the real thing is there was uh, free samples of it. The second okay. thing is it... Free's good. Apparently helps you focus. I definitely felt less jittery than I would have on that much caffeine, and I just felt, like, very, like, focused and everything. It's, like, obviously with anything, it's kind of mild. You have to, like, really pay attention to notice it, but... So is the caffeine content... Same as less, a cup of coffee. Same as a cup of coffee. But it's supposed to have less it's, jitters to it. Yeah. Okay, so that might be really relevant for a, for a good amount of people. Not me, but a good amount of people. I remember um, hearing about it on the Joe D podcast, Joe DeFranco. And um, he said it would have given him that, that acid in his stomach, the acid reflux. You, know, you kind of get with coffee. kind of bothers my stomach a little bit too, especially if it's an empty stomach. But... Um, I hear the mushroom coffee kind of takes care of that. You see, one thing I learned over the past week is putting some uh, curcumin in your coffee would uh, help that. Lowers the acidity of it overall, but... So you put a little bit of that in. A little bit of that in. Clears it out. Apparently. That's a good tip. What's that called? Curcumin. 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 Yeah. So you check that out, Get guys. spice out. If you got a little bit of that, that coffee burn, check out such curcumin. Or check out this mushroom coffee. I know Stan Efferding, Stan Efferding is not hyped about this coffee. He doesn't like the mushroom coffee? He doesn't like any coffee. He doesn't ever, like any coffee? Ever read the vertical diet? He doesn't diet. like a lot of things. Yeah, but you know, and, uh, coffee promotes like acid reflux. That's why he's out. Uh, he, he doesn't like a lot of things. I haven't looked too much into that diet, but it sounds pretty strict, straightforward. What you can and can't really have. Um, right now, I'm subscribing to the everything I can get my hands on type of deal and um, back up to uh, to 260 I'm not back up to this is new ground for me I had 260 last night I have to admit have to admit I was tipping the scales around 259 and I just wanted to take a good picture with it being 260 so I did I finished my chicken meal and then I pounded a bottle of water so that put me over the edge but Good for business. I'm gonna hit that regularly from now on. That was a first hit at 260. Um, but yeah, I'd say I'm probably about six, seven pounds up from from normal, I guess. Um, from the Arnie, good, good ten pounds maybe. I don't know, but I'm getting fat, but my bench is moving, so that's good. Red right. Creek Smash says you're a big boy. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting there. Well, I'm not, I'm not super tall, so 260 is pretty, pretty hefty for me. Uh, I, I always say that God didn't want me to be over 180, so <laughs> I'm pushing the boundaries a little bit. I got a lot of stretch marks to show for it. Um, so, let's get into it. This last weekend, 
I was down at the Jersey Rumble. Now, this is an RPS meet out in Newark, New Jersey. Um, I loved the venue. Had some really good times there. It's at a hotel, so it's it's really set up nice to get at the when you're at the hotels they they have water there for everyone in the back you know they put out nice cold water that's just a nice thing and um there's plenty of space you don't have to worry about space you're not caught up on in a little tiny gym um having to worry about where the weights are coming from and how you're going to move around the warm-up room and all that it's uh if you're a spectator plenty of room for you and um you know as someone who was setting up a booth there um it's really easy to access that and have some space and be able to put everything out how we want and we just added a um, clothing rack and all that stuff so we're just kind of building up our little space around there I do want to get a um, not only for the booth but for photo purposes as well a big ass like 10 by 8 apron drop with uh, Big Bench's logo there for for, for photos and um, of course at the booth uh, kind of backdrop everything but um, plenty of space at the hotel gyms. It was a really good meet. Um, we did one of our lifters competing on Saturday afternoon. Uh, to put it in reference for you guys, this is a two-day meet. And they're going from about 8 in the morning to like 10.30 at night. Almost both days. I mean, Sunday cuts a little short. It's like 7.30. But these are some long, long days. And there's two sessions on Saturday. Uh, one on Sunday. One big-ass session Sunday. We had one of our lifters going uh, Saturday afternoon, Brandon Densmore, and um, he got down to 198. Um, so he's been trying to hit this Arnold qualifying total, 1550, for a very long time. And, um, you know, last year he went through a whole bicep tear thing, and, um, you know, he's been kind of battling back to, to get back from that. Um, well, probably a couple of years ago now. And,. Um, so he's, he's been trying to hit this qualifying total forever. And he's been training. He, he was well within shot. He was, uh, you know, we'd have to, um, he, he was in a position where he could he could secure it on his second deadlift. And um, that was my intent the whole day is to get him in position to secure that Arnold uh, on his second deadlift. And if you know about trying to hit qualifiers, uh, if you can get into a position where you're able to do that um, while still coming across a few misses, then you're in a really good spot um, because he didn't hit his third squat. Um, you know, he, he hit, um, so he went five, going for the 1550. He hit, um, it was 565 we opened up. I was going to go 595 for his next jump. We hit that in training real smooth, but uh, bumped it up to 605 because I knew it was there. And uh, just in the, the case that he missed the 625 third attempt, then he was still in position at the end to hit 595 for the deadlift if all goes well on the bench. So he hit the 605, just missed the 625, and that was his only blemish on the day. You know, um, other than that, he had an 8 for 9 that day, uh, crushed all his bench attempts, hit the uh, opening 320, 340, even 350, which he hasn't done yet. Um, deadlifts. He hit his opener, and then there he was right there, ready to punch his ticket, 595 on the second attempt, crushed it. But, you know, we'll, we'll get into a little bit, like, the, some of the difference between an advanced lifter and a beginner. Brandon, definitely, I consider him an advanced lifter. Um, just like in the difference in the mindset, um, you know, he just punched a ticket to the Arnie, something he'd been working for for, like, three years. And, um, you know, you figure you'd see 
uh, like a shit ton of excitement out of them or some emotion. And you know, I don't I don't usually show emotion either. I'm kind of I, I do it and I get out. Um, I just kind of have a smile. But he he so much didn't even like break a smirk. He just kind of was smirking as he walked off the platform. But that was about it because uh, he knew he still had more work to do. And um, you know, normally like when I punch my ticket for the army, it was on a second deadlift. And um, I remember I was just. I go to bathroom first and foremost. I was holding it in pretty good, <laughs> so all I was thinking about was going bathroom. But I was mentally shot. I was definitely I could have probably deadlifted more that day too. But I was just so mentally shot. I was like, I just did it. Leave me alone. I just want to go have some beer, eat some food, and take a nap. So <laughs> um, Brandon was. He came back. He's just like throw throw what you think out the bar, and he knew he he wanted more on that deadlift and. Um, so I, based on how I look, I threw six fifteen on, and that's about what he had that day. He he grinded through that sucker, but I was just impressed that he could go and after all those years of work, punch that ticket, come back and still have the the mental fortitude to grind out a, a nasty third attempt there and, and secure even more points, fifteen uh, seventy on the day. Um, so he not only qualified for the Arnold, but qualified over twenty pounds more. Um, so I'm really excited to see how he does. Uh, at the Arnold next year in March, and I'm super excited to be coaching them down there. Um, should be real competitive to get some more 198ers in there. Um, as I think about that elite day, is the difference between qualifying for that and the pro day is 100 pounds. So everyone that qualifies for the elite day um, is well around the same space. You know what I'm saying? So. Like, you don't have big gaps between people's strength like you might on the pro day. The elite day, everyone is kind of well within each other. So that's going to be a nice competitive meet, so I'm real excited for that. Um, but he punched his ticket. Awesome day. I uh, just wanted to touch, too, on my buddy. Um, give him a shout-out. What's that? Before we go there, we got a question. Well, I'll, 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 I'm going to cover Jose first, so I'll, I'll get back to it. You got it. Um, my buddy there, King Jose. Um, he punched his ticket for the Arnie too, and I know he's been working at that for for two three years now. And um, you know he had a kid and he wasn't training for a while, and to see him bounce back too, that was really awesome. To see him punch his ticket, and uh, I just wanted to give him a shout. I was wrapping his knees, and um, he's just a baller. He's just a baller. He secured it on his uh, second deadlift as well. Came back to hit a a six ten deadlift at the end. Um, so awesome meet from him as well. But I wanted to give him props. A couple, couple great. Um, and he actually won best lifter. And, and him and Brandon were battling it out because uh, Jose was 181, Brandon was 198. Um, the differences in the total. Um, he, uh, uh, I think Jose hit like 1470 or something, 14 or 1500. I'm not sure. Um, Brandon hit 1570, but um, Jose got him on the weight. Goddamn Wilkes. <laughs> but either or, I'm super <clears throat> pumped for. Uh, Super pumped for Jose to, to win that, and I didn't think he he wasn't expecting that that best lifter. We didn't expect that at the end, but um, yeah, you find out that stuff at the end, and that was awesome for him. All right, hit me with question. Got a question from August Triple Six. Are you able to arch in the bench shirt as much as Raw? And any tips to get a better arch in a shirt? Um, so what I recently started doing with that, <clears throat> a couple tips for you. So, no, um, definitely don't think I can get in as good a position in a bench shirt. Um, but now it, it's probably fractional uh, because what I started doing, 
because the main thing was the belt and one to put the belt down so when I'm getting in my best position and when I need that belt actually slid down is when I'm bridging up not at the end not after I'm all set and then you usually see lifters scoop the belt down that's not when I need the belt down I need the belt down when I'm up on the, uh, the the bench and I'm actually bridging up you know I'm actually going through the process of doing that big loop bridge off the pad I need someone to actually take my belt down then and last year I actually switched over from the normal uh, belt that I use to a bench belt which is a lot thinner for those who don't know what a bench belt looks like and um, I was able to uh, get into a much better position because it's not holding the shirt down it's all about the shirt being held down you don't want it held down um, when you try to bridge up when you're not going to get into as good a position so that's a big change I made I went to the bench belt and um, when I bridge up I have someone pull the belt down then and not after um, then when I get fully set, because the shirt kind of holds you down, I don't normally get into as good a position as possible. So what I do is I then crawl the shoulders under more. Um, and I found that the, the difference. I don't do that raw because I'm already in a good position. Um, no need to do that. That would just loosen me up. But in the shirt, once I'm fully set, I do push away from the bar, crawl the shoulders back down to get into um, the best position possible and make sure I'm tight there. So those are two things that have helped me um, a ton positioning in the bench shirt. All right, anything else in there? All right, guys, shoot your questions. If you're watching live on the Instagram, please drop your questions down below. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll answer them here on the podcast. So I just talked about um, a couple days. Brandon, uh, our lifter there, crushed it. And uh, qualified for the Arnold. My good buddy Jose there qualified for the Arnold. So that was fun to see. Had some big sluggers going on Sunday. Some guys with 2,000 pound raw totals. Um, so there were some there were some good lifts there. I saw. I think there was a well, there was an 850 pound deadlift attempt. I don't think he got it, but uh, that's a shit ton of weight. And back in the day, I don't think you'd be seeing much of that weight being moved. Nowadays. Um, you know, over 700 pounds is pretty uh, pretty frequent. But, you know, granted, I haven't been to sports super long, not as long as some of these old-timers. But uh, um, I even remember, you know, six, seven years ago, um, that 700 pounds, that was more of a, a big milestone. And now I'm seeing that, like, every meet is a 700-plus pound deadlift. Okay. So it just shows you how quick the sport's progressing in terms of how much weight on a bar in these lifts, um, it's like, this is like more of a regular thing now. These 700 pound deadlifts. I don't remember the last meet I was at. Don't have a 700 pound deadlift in it. But back then, that was like a huge deal. There's I, only a few not doing over that. I remember my first meet, and there was this guy opening with a 500 pound squat. We were all freaking out. Like now, yeah. it's just like, it's like maybe you're like the second flight. Now you gotta be hitting a 500 pound <laughs> squat. But yeah, the things have changed a lot, um, and just in that time frame too, which isn't even that long. So, man, I don't know, another five years or something. I don't even know what we're gonna see. The dude opened five four six. I don't know when we're gonna see the limit, because, I mean, Ray Williams keeps pushing his squad up too, and it's like, where? How the hell are you gonna get any stronger than that? <laughs> I think there's already an eleven hundred pound um, squat. He's going to run out of room on his belt. 
Yeah. He I, marks off every uh, thousand well, pound plus stole squat. That belt. Did it really? Yeah, you don't have that no belt. Oh shit. Yeah, he was at one of the meets and a guy stole his belt. He posted about it. And everyone was gonna try to find the guy. Oh, it's fucked up. Yeah, he stole a piece of history. God damn it. Yeah, so hey, look on eBay, guys. <laughs> it's, it's like I don't know if you saw this, but the dude that kicked Arnold, South America. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Oh my god, it's terrible too. Someone drop kick uh, Arnie, and I was I was like, why would someone drop kick Arnie out of all things? I don't think that guy was mentally all there. But why would he drop kick him? It means no sense to me. Listen, the guy was shouting for a Lamborghini. I don't, I don't fucking know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was Just mentally a crazy all there. Guy. Or it's like uh, after the Super Bowl. I saw that on Barstool Sports. If you guys want to see that, Barstool Sports, um, someone drop kick Arnie in the back. But he took it like a man. He didn't really budge. No. He, uh, it looked like it hurt the drop kicker more than it hurt Arnie. That's for sure. Yeah, he posted something after that. He was watching, uh, I think, uh, Taekwondo or just some, some sort of like uh, martial arts. Uh-huh. He's like, I'm glad I'm watching these guys happy and they're not kicking me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty wild, but he took that guy out. <laughs> he didn't move. That was a brick wall. It was a kick right to a brick wall, as it should be, because Arnie's an icon. If he went down, would you think anything less of Arnie? I wouldn't. No? Uh, yeah. It was a surprise attack? No, yeah, definitely just, not, 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 not at his age right now, you know? I'm just glad it played out like it did, because it makes Arnie look like a freaking animal. And I, he's the man. I think we all got mostly into lifting because of Arnie. I know I certainly did. So I picked up his um, encyclopedia bodybuilding. Yep, yep. Picked that up at Barnes and Noble because I was like the biggest ass book of uh, weightlifting there. Pretty much, really stood out on the shelf. So I pick it up and I just kind of read it on my break at Barnes and Noble. I was working at the time, and um, yeah, I was just kind of hooked from there. I remember going on bodybuilding.com and asking for recommendations. That was the first book. I think there. everyone has gotten that book and has. Uh, gotten into lifting because of Arnie that was uh he, that I don't know books just well it was well written well laid out gave you the exercises gave you some insight in there the, was pictures the of all the exercises too and yeah the, the real like great thing about that book was he got like bodybuilders who were iconic for that body part to do that exercise oh you know what I didn't even realize that first yeah. time I went through it like Tom Platts with the legs and yeah, stuff yeah Arnie did all the arm stuff he got Franco Colombo for the back it was it was a really good book I did not even realize that I was going through it. I got to scroll through that again. That was a good book. Um, and after that, I pretty much, cause I, you know, I was working there, so I just browse the shelves all the time, and I, I literally pick up every one of his books. There was one shorter one um, that was kind of about, um, you know, like bodybuilding scene and stuff like that. It didn't really have exercise. Well, it had exercise, and it. it wasn't like elaborate as the other one, but... Um, then I picked up Total Recall later on in his life there after you know, he did the whole governor thing, governator, and then um, he made the Total Recall book. That's a thick-ass book there. I got that sitting on the shelf. It says Arnold Schwarzenegger right there. There's a lot of pages of that, over a thousand-something pages. Um, that was a damn good book because it goes through all, like, pretty much everything. It really is a Total Recall. Uh, it was all through his bodybuilding past, how he came over here. Everything with movies, everything with um, the governor stuff. And he goes, like, in-depth. It's like everything. I can't imagine writing something like that. That's like a total... Recall. What do you call it? Autobiography, <laughs> if it's about yourself. Yeah. That's a huge-ass, like, autobiography. But, yeah, that was a really good one. But I enjoyed Arnie's stuff. That's, I always say, there's two people, I guess three. I'd, I'd include Steve Austin here. 
but three three celebrities because you know celebrity dies everyone you know you're upset and all that but there would be three that if they died i would truly be upset and that is stone cold steve austin the rock and arnold schwarzenegger i would uh, that would really hit me yeah that would hurt that yeah. would hit me it's a pretty good list you know most of them you know y- they get old they die it sucks but you know you move on. Listen, but man. That the, one would really stick with me for a while because they played some big roles for me. The, mo- the moment Bill Murray leaves, I'm I'm, I'm going to be bawling like a baby. I think Bill Murray already died, fella. I don't think he did. Bill <laughs> Every, Murray? Everyone tells me that he didn't die. What do you mean? He's just an old fella. Bill Murray? Bill Murray's still alive and kicking. Who am I thinking of then? I have no idea. I'm thinking of the guy in Goodwill Hunting, I guess. Oh, Robin Williams. Oh, so I'm getting them confused. Bill Not, Murray's still alive. Bill Murray's still alive. He's old. He's he an is old, old guy. He is kicking it though. Yeah, I remember some good movies from him. He was good times. All right. Oh, I want to. Uh, I want to touch a little bit on the uh, Big Bench's boot this past weekend. And guys watching in, if you just joined us up, uh, drop some questions down below. We can answer on the podcast. Um, I want to first mention on the podcast here that. We have new inventory coming in soon because I know a lot of people were asking about uh, some of the sleeves that have to be restocked. Um, we're fresh out of wrist wraps, guys. All our wrist wraps are fully sold out, um, but we have new stock coming in this week, and I'm pumped about it because the first time we're offering knee sleeves, leg bench knee sleeves, so you can support bench day on your squat day because we all know squat day is just bench day accessories for the legs there. And... Um, you would not be able to support those leg bench sleeves, all right? And then we also got the restocked elbow sleeves, ton of black ones, because I know black ones are really popular. We got um, different colored, the uh, 36 inch different wraps, different colors of these now. Um, you still got a red and black, different design, and then we got another color as well coming in. And then we have the restocked multi-purpose black wraps, and that, those are a real hot sale for people. Um, I love those because very quickie. Um, on and off, real easy, um, not too much length to them, a good length just to offer some support. Um, those are a really, really good wrap. So we got a ton of those coming in. So that's all going to be within, hopefully, next week I'll have it up on the site. Everything fully restocked, guys, so keep an eye out for that. You'll see me posting about it. Um, but, yeah, we sold out of wraps. Um, and uh, those are I've, I've been using those suckers uh, ever since we, we started making them. A um, lot of support, a lot of support, um, you know, handled 800-pound benches. I mean, Tony um, did his 900-pound bench in wraps. That was the top four bench guys of all time in big benches wraps. So that's pretty cool. It shows you that the support is there. Um, I have plenty of tutorials how to wrap them on YouTube. You can check that out. we got some good videos on that. Um, we should actually film another one soon. I should drop that in, uh, in what we're going to film here. Some new rap, new rapper videos for you guys. Um, we have the new Breaking Bench Records shirt. It's a Breaking Bad spinoff. Uh, Breaking Bench Records got the Heisenberg up here. Got the Breaking Bench Records and the little chemical symbols down below. Um, so check that out on the site. We got um, the Rhinos. Everyone loves the Rhinos. I tell you, fella. Everyone that's like the hot sale of the boots is the Rhinos. People loving the rhinos. Rhinos badass. People loving the rhinos. Um, check that online. We just added crop tops. We added um, um, what else? Add uh, the racerbacks. The women's racerbacks. Um, 
so yeah that uh that's all up there so guys check all that out everything is prices are dropped all that so we got something in there yeah we got a question from silverback power can you recommend a good bench belt um not really <laughs> they're all the same thing um uh, if you want to get fancy pioneer pioneer uh, makes awesome belts um if you want to really switch up colors add levers do the whole shindig to it um but at the end of the day um there's not too much to a bench belt it's just to hold the shirt down a little bit so um you don't have to go crazy with it i know at home depot you could get like a little carpenter belt for like 10 bucks if you don't want to spend much i'm sure that works just fine to be honest with you i could just i would be just as comfortable throwing on a normal belt i wear up with jeans to be honest with you um i don't think it really matters much but depends how fancy you want to look if you want to look fancy pioneer they make a really good belt um but other than that, I don't really get into the, um, I don't know, what would you call it? the glam of it. You know what I mean? Just the belt. It's just something to hold the shirt down. Uh, I got mine on Elite FTS because I just trust the brand, and um, I like the belt. It's, uh, it was only like 30 bucks too, 50 bucks, something like that. Um, but I'd say Elite FTS because I like supporting that company. So that'll be my recommendation. That's what I'm using. And I am old school, so I don't like levers. Um, I think they're a pain in the ass to switch around. I think the SBD lever belt is way too much money. And I don't like feeling like there's another extra pound or two hanging off me, uh, especially in my belly region, because I already got plenty of pounds or two, if you know what I'm saying, hanging off my belly. I don't need more weight there. So... It's just annoying to me. I don't like the the freaking lever. And when you snap it shut, thing pinches your fat. Um, you're skinny. You don't have that problem, I guess. But freaking, you got a bunch of fat there, right there. Scissors you right off there. Hate that shit. So, yeah, I would recommend not a lever. Um, if you're into that, easy use, whatever. I just like being old school. I like my my double prong on the big belt, the single prong there on my, uh, my bench belt. But that would be my recommendation. All right, so I'm going to talk a little bit about um, some of my observations from this past meet, which is some of the, the differences, um, little nuances between advanced lifters and beginners and what I typically will see in the back room, um, the differences between the, these two types of lifters, advanced and beginners. First off, beginners do a bunch of weird shit with their warm-ups, all right? Um, and we're talking not only their first meet, but meets down the road. I still see beginners taking like 10 reps with like a plate or something. Just crazy where they're obviously probably getting some kind of muscle pump or something. They're just doing way too much. Um, but the main thing is that that's slow. That all the warm-ups are slow. Okay. Um, they're not explosive. It doesn't look like they're bringing anything to it. You know, they're just kind of getting under the bar and going through the motion. Um, we're an advanced lifter. Now an advanced lifter... You see them, even with the empty bar, you know, even with a plate, even with two plates. And, you know, oftentimes they're working up to well, well over. Um, you know, I saw some warm-ups with like seven plates on the bar this past weekend. And every single thing from empty bar to that seven plates looked exactly the same. Very, very explosive. Very, very explosive. Um, we're talking, I pull the mono down and up, bang. 
uh, two plates, seven plates, it all looks the same, okay? Um, so that is something I urge um, beginners to to do. That's why I'll try to coach all the time at the gym. Um, make everything look like it's max effort because you get a lot out of that. There's no, you train slow, you become slow, all right? Um, if you train explosive, you'll be explosive. And in the warm-up room, really important because the last thing you want is to take everything slow and then expect to go out to the platform and display max effort, force, and speed. Um, you're not going to have that explosive strength there because this is your first time doing it. In the whole warm-up room, you didn't take anything fast. Um, you didn't explode through any of your reps. And I see this on the bench. I saw a guy, he was repping out with 225, super slow. It looked like he was in a bodybuilding contest, getting pumped up in the back. Uh, like this does not look like powerlifting whatsoever. Um, he's just a big guy. But he, he's missing about so much on his explosive strength because I'm guaranteed he's doing that probably in training too. He's doing the exact same thing in training. And imagine if... All those warm-up attempts, you have two bench days a week. We did the math on this one, Selvis. You have two bench days a week. Say you take seven warm-ups, right? Explosive warm-ups versus someone's slow warm-ups that aren't actually doing anything for them, right? 14, that's 14 explosive warm-ups extra per week. Um, 28 per two weeks. What's the math on that? 56 per month. Now you multiply 56 times 12. You got the math for me? 672, but I feel That's, like this number's wrong. <laughs> 672. Yeah, I feel like last time we did it, it was in the 700s. All right, so let's just say 700 extra explosive reps that you took over someone else in the span of a year. All right, that definitely adds up. When you start putting volume into a bigger picture like that, we talk about push-ups too. Say you did 100 push-ups per day. You need the math on this? 100 per day? 100 per day. That's, we'll say just 30-day months. We'll say 30-day months. Make it easy. <laughs> I mean, this should be easy math for me, probably. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? 100 times 30. Uh, what the oh, hell times is that? 30? 3,000? 3,000 push-ups? No, no, this is per year. Per year. That's, per year. So 30. you got 36,500 push-ups if you did 100 per day for an entire year. That's got to add up to something. So it always, it's nice when you put it into perspective. 36,500. <laughs> That's got to give you some type of strength, right? So when you put it in perspective like that... Um, like volume over total time um, makes you feel like you want to do it right now um, in the short term, okay? If you just think of it, oh, well, it's 100 push-ups today. How much is that really helping me? Well, if you think about it in the span of a year and say someone's not doing that, um, that's how you get ahead of people. I'm about right? to do the same thing with band pull-aparts, to be honest. Yeah, I already started hitting my rear delts a lot more. I think they're starting to catch up. And, you know, not even from, it's just from being able to balance out your shoulders. If you're so pressed dominant and your front delts are built up so much and your chest is built up, you never do enough back work to counteract that. You never do enough rear delt work. What ends up happening, you get that forward posturing and then really, really easy to hurt yourself, guys. Really easy to hurt yourself. So we got another question. Best tip for a bigger arch? Mm. Okay. Treat, be um, diligent about your mobility work. All right. I mean, there's some things we can go through the bench to make sure you gain a little bit more position. But at the end of the day, it comes down to your flexibility. So a funny moment at the gym the other day. Um, so one guy, case A, right, 
he's pretty flexible. He can do one of those weird exorcist things where he falls back and puts his hands on the floor and shit and his head's upside down and shit like that. Um, good flexibility. Okay. Now, case B, younger kid. I'm actually surprised he's not a little more flexible. Um, he's not doing none of that. All right. He gets on the bench and case A says to him, Archmore, come on, do this, do that. I mean, he doesn't know. He, he's not coaching that. He's just kind of, he's saying you should just look different. And then I was like, well, he doesn't have the same flexibility as you. He's not going to look like that. He's doing the best he can. Um, and some you just some people are just going to have more flexibility to do that. So um, I know it's just a funny moment the other day. But, yeah, if you want to change that, um, change how flexible you are. All right. And that comes through mobility work. Um I mean, I'm sure like something like yoga would help. I don't know, anything that gets you moving better. All right. Um, T-spine mobility stuff, that's really important. Having the ability to um, extend your upper back because uh, a lot of people lose the ability to do that. Um, so, yeah, mobility work, uh, anything that's going to help increase your flexibility, that's where you're going to get a bigger arch. But the goal shouldn't be to get a bigger arch on the bench to get your bench up it should be just to get your bench up because um, you could be a great bencher benching pretty flat back or a great bencher with a great arch um at the end of the day you just gotta get strong all the arches is cutting your range of motion it's just a tool to cut range of motion um but that's not sometimes that's like a trap you do too much of that you're never really getting strong through a full range of motion um so I wouldn't make that the goal to do everything to get a better arch on the bench. I would just focus more on getting your bench up and doing some of that stuff along the way to potentially help with that. All right. So another thing I want to talk about going back to advanced lifters versus beginners, um, how dialed in they are. Um, now, that doesn't mean they sit down, they don't talk to anyone, they're not friendly. All right. Everyone's super friendly most of the time, right? Um, but you can see the focus, and they know when – to turn that on and and when to um you know shut the hell up for lack of a better term and just focus on what's going to be done here all right now um you don't see these people as about as they're about to go out to the platform you don't see them running around trying to scrounge all their stuff up they're not they're not talking about anything other than lifting um they they know when to focus in. They know when to dial it in. And time and time again, I see people who struggle at meets. They struggle with their focus. They're not sitting down. They're not they're not um, you know really focusing on the task at hand. They're not doing any like mental imagery stuff, which is really really important. Um, they're just kind of shooting the shit. Maybe not even talking about what's about to happen on the platform. Um, but if you want to be an advanced lifter, do really successful at a meet, then you got to be dialed in. You got to know when to focus. Um, you got to know when to turn it on um, and, and do the job at hand, all right? A good advanced lift is going to be prepared, okay? That means equipment ready, and they're not going to wait till the day of. You know, they're going to make sure all that is packed, ready to go. Um, they're going to have all their equipment for, for every lift. They're not going to have to run through their bag multiple times. They're just going to be able to be, I need this, pop it right out, all right? 
they're going to have food with them because that's super important. I just told you how long of a day that can be. Um, you imagine you went all day without eating. Remember, remember like when you're sick, go back to when you're sick or something. You didn't eat for a full day. Uh, imagine how much that set you back that day when you weigh yourself the next day and how dehydrated and all that you are. If you aren't taking care of yourself at a meet, hydrating, eating after each attempt because you don't got a ton of time before you have to warm up again. It goes quick. Got to have food with you. Got to take that shit serious. Um, and I see a lot of beginning lifters, they get so excited about what just happened that they don't bother to eat. They think they can go without eating. And then you can see that the performance kind of slowly decline and they um, aren't as prepared as they, they should be. Um, and poor conditions, um, like an advanced lifter is going to know how to um, work around poor conditions. All right. They're going to know how to... Uh, you know, make the best of a shitty situation where a beginner is probably going to complain about it and then blame what happened on the platform because of shitty conditions. An advanced lifter um, is just going to understand, well, this is what we're working with and we're, we're going to do the best we can um, regardless. Whereas a beginning lifter might get frustrated quickly and just say, well, how about this? I'm not going to do good now. Um, you know, the conditions are what the conditions are. Um, I remember uh, the meet actually had my best bench at, well, not anymore, but it was 710 bench. Um, we were benching on turf, and um, so it was bad conditions just in the warm-ups. It was super, super hot. First off, it was the hottest meet I've ever been a part of. Like, it was literally, you, the room, immediate sweat. Just, I was losing so much. I had to drink a whole, whole freaking thing of water, but I did my warm-ups outside that room because um, I could not be in that room. So just the heat in general was a poor condition. I went out there, did my warm-ups outside the room. You know, do whatever you got to do to get away from that. Uh, I didn't want to lose too much water just trying to warm up because at that point I was pretty much already warm. I just wanted to do some mobility stuff. Then the, the benches weren't so great, so I had to find a yoga mat in that room. Um, I had to bring it over there, put it underneath the bench, um, trying to make the best out of a poor situation. And then the actual competition bench was on AstroTurf, so I had to tell the meet director, hey, I have to put this freaking yoga mat down or I'm going to hit one bench today. Um, so we took care of that, and he was very accommodating to that. So um, ended up turning out well. But, you know, whereas a beginning lifter, you know, and I, I understand because maybe they, they just don't know this stuff yet, but um, it, the point is that they're, they're just too quick to blame the conditions. Um, don't blame the conditions. Blame yourself. That'll help you out. Life, life tip. Life tip. Shitty shit happens. <laughs> Just got to deal with it. Get good at dealing with shitty things. All right. And then know how to control your emotions. All right. Don't get too amped up. Don't get too hyped up for lifts. Don't get too down on yourself. You got to understand um, when you miss a lift, there's still more lifts to be done. You can't let that uh, poor, that feeling of, of you missing the lift get in the way of you missing any more lifts. All right, you have to quickly move on. Yeah, it's just like a quarterback, right? When they throw a pick, you can dwell on it. You can keep throwing more picks, or you can throw a, a, a pick, come back and win the game, like Tom Brady, for example. Perfect example. Come back against the Falcons, right? Throws that pick six. That was a pick six. That, that was, was a pick six. They went down three touchdowns on that pick six. He could have just chalked it up. You know, they're down a shit ton. They kept losing. They were down 28-0, to 28-3. 28-3 in the end of the third quarter. Two but minutes they, left to go. He kept a good head, knew that he had to get the next touchdown, came back and won the game. All right. Best example I could give you. 
All right, guys. So would, I'd like to add one more thing sure uh, versus thing. beginner and advanced. What I see a lot of meets that we go to is that uh, a beginner will take their max in the warm-up room. Yeah. And l- listen, if, if things are moving slow, I get it. You know, some th- sometimes what you did in the gym is just not there that day. But that's fine. You can you can cut the warm-up short. You can reduce your opener. You can still make the meet. Because what happens in the squat a lot of times is people will take their max, not even hit depth, and then try to hit more on the platform and then just bomb out. Yeah, I think that's more just uh, they don't just a misunderstanding of how things work at a meet. Yeah. But um, yeah, guys, you can you can always lower openers too, um, raise openers, lower openers, whatever you need to do before you actually go out there. Um, so I mean, if things are moving bad. For example, um, there's been plenty of times where I've had to lower openers on the deadlifts um, at the ends of meets. Uh, I actually did that for myself uh, last meet. I actually did full power because I hit a big bench. I wanted it to count, so I wanted to get through the full meet. Um, my lower back was really feeling beat up. Um, was not anticipating how bad I feel after going through all that lifting because I haven't done that in a while in a full meet. And um, I was having a rough go in the warm room. I lowered it like 40 pounds. Um, but I didn't even end up where I had my opener. So I'm glad that I, I did lower it as much as I did. Um, cause I wanted to secure the bench and, and cap off the meat. So yeah, you can always lower that stuff. Also, we got a question from R Linux. If you're in an arch, how much of your butt needs to be on the bench? Seems like the girls with the big arches aren't even touching. Um, well, you, you have to have your hips, uh, in contact, so you don't need your hips dug into the pad. Um, there just needs to be butt touching the pad. Um, and yeah, you, the big arches, you get the appearance that it's not touching, but, um, there actually is hips touching the pad in most cases. Um, they just, they're very, very flexible but again um you don't have to emulate that by any means it doesn't mean that you're going to be a worse off bencher um just look at someone like jen thompson who has like zero arch and she's one of the best benchers out there um so your arch i think there's too much um too much wrapped up in your arch contributes to you having a good bench press it's just another tool it doesn't mean that you're going to be um stronger than someone else so, um, you know, take that person out of that ability to arch and they're probably going to feel very, very weak because I've been there too. Um, when you have a great ability to arch like that, you don't want to train like that all the time. It's just a tool in your arsenal. You actually want to get strong through a fuller range of motion because it's going to benefit you more. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't get too wrapped up in, in if you're not able to arch like that. But, yeah, you, your hips just need to be touching. All right, little pro tip, wear a baggy ass singlet. It keeps more material on the pad. So from a judge's standpoint, um, they're just seeing contact. They can't really judge where your butt is in your singlet, right? They're just seeing there's contact. So um, especially for like a multiply lifter, baggy singlet is a good idea because that's the only time you're wearing a singlet anyway when you bench. Um, so if you got a little extra material hanging off there, um, not a bad thing. Okay, especially on, in a circumstance, third attempt, maybe it pops up a little bit. You get a little more material down there. There's a little pro tip for you. Alrighty, so I wanted to round out the podcast today with 
letting everyone know September 14th in Newark, New Jersey, same place I was just talking about at the beginning of the podcast. Um, we are having the, the Big Benches Push Pull Meet, sponsored meet. Um, that is September 14th. And I talked to um, the director, RPS, the other day when I was at the meet. He is opening that up uh, for signups this week. All right, so you are able to go in there and start signing up for that meet this week. All right, um, we are going to be doing t-shirts for the event. We're getting championship belts done for the event. I think he's making t-shirts for it too. So I think you're going to get two t-shirts, guys, um, from signing up for this meet. You can get two t-shirts, have a shot, championship belt. I got Jamie Mata coming down the bench. I'm trying to get as many people as I can to come down a bench at this thing. September 14th is the push-pull worlds for RPS. Um, you don't have to pull. If you want to pull only, that's fine. Um, I wish it was just a push, but you could pull too. I mean, Elvis over here, you going to pull? You I'm going to pull. pull. You going to push? I'm going to pull and push. He's going to push and pull. So you could just push if you'd like. I'm just going to push. I might think about pulling. Who knows? I might get freaky. I might pull a little bit too. So who knows? But I'm definitely going to push. Uh, so come out here and bench September 14th, Newark, New Jersey. All right. The championship belt is up for grabs um, for the best push, the best pull, and then the push-pull overall winner. All right. By Wilkes. So uh, really pumped up about that meet. And you can officially sign up this week. So I'm going to be pumping that up. Uh, as we go on here, so you're going to see a lot of stuff on our, our story and all that about getting signed up for that meet because it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, I'm going to try to get most of our team down to that too. All right, guys. Yo, thanks for tuning in. And you've been listening to The, the Bench, Bench Cast. Cast.